life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Happy 2010. It's a new year, and we thought it would be good to take a look back over the last 10 years of gaming excellence. And maybe some of the not-so-excellent moments in gaming. So this is the first show of the new year for the Gin Lounge, and we have a full, full cast of characters in the lounge today. It looks, li- it looks like a Dick Tracy villain convention in here. I mean, I got everybody. <laughs> so uh, joining me today, uh, we tr- I tried to bring in a bunch of experts from all different areas of gaming. So joining me today is uh, Shella, all the way from England. She's our European correspondent. And uh, Shella, this was actually your idea for a show, so welcome to the lounge. Thank you very much. And it's it's definitely good to have you here. We also have Greg Crow. Greg Crow is our features editor and also our top puzzle and adventure game reviewer. And uh, Greg, I bet there were a couple little advancements in uh, puzzle and adventure games over the past decade, don't you think? Oh, just a few. <laughs> just a few. Well, that's cool. Well, you'll have to uh, you'll have to enlighten us. Although. Um, uh, I've seen you playing for hours on end a couple of them, so I have a, I have a, a fair idea of what you might say. So, mm-hmm. so let's uh, uh, continue on down the line. We also have Todd Hargosh. Todd Hargosh is the co-host of our other show, The Gamer Geeks, and he's our extreme gamer. So, Todd, you got some extreme gaming changes for us in store? <laughs> no, I got plenty of them to go around. <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, and we also have Kelly. Kelly is the other co-host of our show. Kelly has recently come into the PC world where she has been become sort of an MMO queen, uh, but has been a console gamer long before that. So it'll be interesting, Kelly, to get your take on things. Welcome to the lounge today. Thank you. And we have a surprise special guest all the way from the past, <laughs> he was there. He was there with us in the early days of Jin, and uh, has been on a little bit of a hiatus. But you guys might have been seeing some of his reviews popping up again. Uh, we are welcoming Javon Jenkins to the lounge. Which, Javon, uh, w- welcome back uh, to the to the gaming world. Thanks, man. It's good to be back, man. <laughs> Glad to be on the show representing. <laughs> That's cool. So, so Javon, just so the readers can know a little a little bit about you, how, how long have you been gaming, and what kind of games do you mostly play these days? Um, well, I've been a gamer since the old days of uh, Atari and ColecoVision. Um, spent a lot of my childhood between the game room and the arcades, and uh, hung out at all the local EV and GameStop stores. Probably could have got a few uh, misdemeanors for loitering. <laughs> See, I, I got my first shot... Um, my first shot to review here at Jen actually through a game called Ultima Online, where I was able to meet uh, Eileen and Nate and uh, plus yourself, John, and also like Chris and Todd and some of the other old school members of Jen. That's true. Oh uh, man, I, I forgot all about that. That's how you, you yeah. we were all playing online. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember you had the Xena character. Yeah, yeah, I did. Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> okay. Well, yes, yeah, I was yeah. really into Xena at one time. <laughs> But uh, I've been reviewing with uh, Jen ever since those days, a little over 10 years, and uh, the ride's been awesome. So uh, through Jen, uh, it's given me a lot of opportunities, uh, and, uh, you know, I've developed an even deeper appreciation uh, for the game industry uh, through Jen. 
So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're really, we're really glad to have you back, and we look forward to yeah. many, many more shows with uh, Javon. So good, good start to the new year, bringing, bringing back an old favorite into the lounge. Yeah, man. So today we're going to be talking about uh, the last 10 years, um, not just uh, Javon's last 10 years, but just the last 10 years <laughs> of, the, uh, of the entire game industry. Um, we have come so far in the past 10 years. I, I was kind of trying to look at other industries that have advanced as far as we have in, in a 10-year period, and I really couldn't find it. I mean, it's sort of the equivalent of if you look at like the movie industry, it would be as if we invented silent films and talkies and color and 3D uh, all within a 10-year span. That would be sort of like the equivalent, and, and it just doesn't happen. So, But from where we've come to where we're at, it, it's huge. So what we thought we'd do, and again, this was Shella's idea, so I'm going to go over to Shella first, is we thought we'd pull some of the milestones of the last 10 years and uh, sort of point them out, things that have changed the, the way we think about gaming and have advanced the industry. And if you guys listening at home or uh, on your way to work or whatever on your, on your iPod uh, want to uh, uh, participate, um, send us an email to uh, ginlounge at gameindustry.com. We'd love to hear from you. This is a type of show where we could easily do a second topic on, uh, you know, do another show on the same topic. And if we get enough reader comments, you know, let us know, hey, you idiots, you forgot something. <laughs> let us know and we will. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, maybe do another show just on what the readers think. So, so, but for that, you have to participate, and you can do that by sending an email to ginlounge at gameindustry.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And let's start with you, Shella. It's your show and a great idea, I might add. So what do you think one of the advancements over the past 10 years that's worth note uh, is? Um, I think, I suppose it's sandbox gaming or open-ended gaming. And for me... This was opened, the door was opened with Shenmue. Well, it was kicked, it was kicked down really with Shenmue mm-hmm. on um, Dreamcast. Um, and for many people, it, that came along with The Sims, um, which was just mega. I think it's one of the most um, successful PC games in the world ever. Um, and, well, yeah, Shenmue basically was a revelation I, re- I remember us talking about it you, you know when it came about you know with my friends how uh, you had to sort of dial the numbers in the telephone box <laughs> and you could go to an arcade and play old arcade games and yeah, you just wander around this amazing city just talking to random people and you know just think and then suddenly think oh actually what am I supposed to be doing <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, strolling about watching people put their umbrellas up when it rained and sort of run for shelter and you know i think crazy stuff like i think that. that's a great i think that's a great one to start to start the show off with because i i was going to actually sort of bring that up and i was going to to put it back to morrowind which launched in uh 2002 and then follow up with oblivion in 07 but you're right shenmue was really the first one i mean we kind of take open world worlds for gaming these days i mean grand theft auto 4 one of the huge charms is it's an open world yeah yeah i mean it opened the door for gta mm-hmm. without it i mean who knows um yeah it was incredible well todd what do you what do you think about that would you agree to that i i, I bring you in because i know you did the review for uh for shenmue and and you at the time i believe were pretty darn enthralled with the game mm. no i was enthralled with it and she's right it, it did open up a new concept of open exploration i mean it might have been limited by today's standards but for a system mm. like dreamcast i mean it was it was uh yeah. Epic for its time. Cool. It was. 
that's truly the worst. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a perfect game, Shenmue. I think Shenmue 2 was was a better game because it was too open and too um, sort of anal. <laughs> Even though there are some <laughs> former members of our staff who would go against that claim, and it's just a story of asking questions about where sailors are located. <laughs> <laughs> All right, asking sailor, asking where sailors are located. On that note, let's go to Greg. <laughs> I don't know why, Greg. I, I, I think I'm thinking... Our resident sailor yeah, boy. I, I guess. No, you know what it was? It's because you play Puzzle Pirates a lot, so I thought... <laughs> oh yeah, I did. I did play Puzzle Pirates a lot. So, Drake, what do you um, think? Rick, give us, give us another one. What's another advancement from the past ten years of gaming history? Well, um, I know you were going to touch on this, but I, I really, I really want to bring up the the the, the PS2 <laughs> when it came out in two thousand. It it um the Dreamcast had an entire year on it, and it turned out selling more units than any other console game in the history of console games. It reached 100 million units in in a, under five, under 6 years, which in order to compare that with something you'd have to have another console that was made by another company that actually sold 100 million units and none of them have. Only the PS1 has. Mm. Um it it, it just took over the market, and even today it is still being sold and supported. Yeah, I mean, the, the, P, the PS2, I mean, we're, we're getting ready to ramp up for the, the Game of the Year contest, and there's still a category for PS2 Game of the Year. There's not a category for Xbox One Game of the Year anymore. I mean, it just shows how, how robust that platform is. Javon, I know you were really into the PS2. Why, why do you think it was such a popular console? Well, it was, it was innovative, um from the start, um, first of all, I think uh, it raised the bar in terms of the graphics and just the, the content alone that it brought uh, with it. I mean, some of the uh, early games I can think of. I, I remember seeing um, Madden and Metal Gear Solid um, at E3, at that uh, the E3 just before the uh, PS2 launched. And um, just that, that entire uh, E3, man, it, it, <laughs> you just rode the hype of the PS2. I was mesmerized I, I fell in love with the ps2 way back then it, it was a phenomenal system and it, it's incredible that we're still talking about the playstation 2 even uh almost 10 years later man it's it's phenomenal i totally agree with greg good good all right well uh kelly um let's let's throw it over to you we, we had a couple good topics and i know you always you're always got a good head on your shoulder so what do you think give us give us another one uh something that changed gaming over the past 10 years Oh, it's simple. It's an Unreal Engine. Oh, my God. Good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Three releases. Well, you know, I'm a first-person shooter. There's nothing I like better than to pick up a gun and, you know, pop a cap in somebody. So that's just me. But I love it. That engine has just revolutionized the way we see and play the games. Hey, without it, I... Yeah, the uh, the original Unreal was kind of almost like I mean the game was pretty cool, but it was almost sort of a a way to show off the engine, you know. Look what we can do. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Todd, would Todd, would you agree with that? You play a lot of shooters too. 
It was. It's not. It wasn't just for shooters. It was for all all different sorts. Oh, of that's games. right. You're right. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's some of Todd's favorite. Those MMO RPGs that use it too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. He just loves it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least he'll like the way they look, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Um, good. Good one. I the one I didn't even think of. That's that's a that's a great one. The un the Unreal Engine. I mean, even even some of the engines that came after it. You know, like uh, well, like the Half Life Engine and things like that. They they're all really. I mean, it was sort of like proof of concept with the Unreal Engine, and that, that's a definitely a, a game changer right there. Um, all right, uh, Javon, what do, what do you think? Give us uh, give us something that you think changed gaming over the past ten years. Uh, one of the first things come to mind, sort of piggybacking off uh, Greg's about the PS2, um, Gran Turismo. Um, I think uh, it was the bru- it's the blueprint for a lot of your next generation racing games. You know, it not only raised the bar in terms of graphics alone, but uh, through like special use of camera angles and true to life car physics, it, it brought a ton of realism to that genre game. And a lot of racing games you see today still follow that same blueprint. Um, but not to give all the credit to Gran Turismo alone, I think uh, you also have to give respect to the Need for Speed Underground series, um, which took those same physics from Gran Turismo and built on them. But add a lot more speed and adrenaline rush to the racing experience. Oh, cool! That's uh, there's something again. I, I'm not really much of a racer. Todd, you you review most of our racing games. W- would you say that uh, Gran Turismo was was and and also Need for Speed were sort of the 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 blueprint that the rest of the industry ended up using in their racing games? Well, each in their own because Gran Turismo is more simulated based, while uh, Need for Speed has always been more arcade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They cool. kind of re- remedied that legally with the Need for Speed Shift, which is based on the GTR staff. But I want to follow up on what Jonathan said about Gran Turismo. Include Forza Motorsports that list as well. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was. Yeah, and it seems like uh, when the new consoles launch, um, inevitably, no matter if it's you know Xbox 360 or PS3 or whatever, there's always a racing title. That's one of the launch titles. It's like sort of a rule. So, so race. Yeah, but the racing title isn't as big as it used to be though, because Gran Turismo was a console seller. Mm -hmm. Um, back in the day, back in the day of the PS1 and the PS2, but um, now it's the FPS. FPS. Rules. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Kelly would agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody challenged Kelly in an Xbox game. No, he's got a gun cocked. He's <laughs> a hell of a sniper. All right, uh, Todd, it's uh, it's actually your turn. Give us give us one that you think changed the uh, changed the world for the for the better. Let's hope. <laughs> well, since we're talking about first person shooters, um, what really helped uh, help out was the integration of online gameplay. Okay, okay. I mean, I know it's been around before on PCs, being hooked up with IPX networks for Doom, but it wasn't really until the Dreamcast came along. And incorporated the 56k modem, then that online game started to start to appear, mm-hmm. and then online with with the Xbox. Yeah, the Xbox and their live that's, service. I mean, that that's got to be. I mean, that that's probably be one of the one of the top. I mean, that kind of showed how it does. I mean, I like the network on the PS3, but it is nowhere close to as good as the network on live. Well, think about this. Um, how many people in 2001 had um, broadband? Uh, hardly anyone. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, I mean, they, a lot of people criticized. I think it was going to be a flop. It wasn't. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, when I still remember when we first played Halo on the original Xbox, we ended up uh, hooking four consoles together and making our own virtual LAN parties on that. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess the uh, the LAN parties were fun. Um, the LAN parties are kind of more or less a thing of the past. I mean, people still have LAN parties just because you want to get together with your gaming friends and so forth and, and, you know, eat chips and drink soda and stuff. But that experience can be replicated just, you know, you sitting at your house by yourself with so many people online now. Mm-hmm. So, inter- interesting, interesting. So let's uh, let's throw it back to um, Mr. Greg Crow. I believe it's your turn to give us another one. Is it? I really? think so. <laughs> um, well, I would have to say one of the one of the most important developments in computer gaming would have to have been the the uh, standardization of JavaScript at uh, the beginning of uh, uh, this century. You know, late late ni- you know way late nineties, early early two thousands. This allowed people to see this exact same application on any browser, no matter what they were doing. And um, certain companies uh, took advantage of this and started releasing web web-based games. Uh, Popcap being the most prominent in the market since about 2001 when it released Bejeweled, mm-hmm. the Bejeweled that sucked all of our working hours away <laughs> for a while, and and even today is still still rather addictive for a lot of. Yeah, people. I mean, for such a simple game, it was really a phenomenon. I didn't really realize you start talking about JavaScript. I'm like, what the heck? But you're right. I mean, that sort of made. <laughs> it wouldn't have happened if they hadn't gotten, you know, all the ducks in a row with JavaScript, <laughs> um, and not been. Uh, well, the way some companies can be about proprietary stuff. Uh, if they if they hadn't all just said. Okay, let's 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 just uh, let's just keep JavaScript standard. Um, then, yeah, we would not have had a Bejeweled and so forth as popular as nearly as popular as it was. It would have come out on the shelf, but you know, it's only because it's well selling on the shelf. The, the only reason it's well selling on the shelf is because it did so well online. Right. Well, Shella, actually, that kind of ties into a show that we recently did with um, the the Square Enix president, who was talking about the popularity of Java games and so forth. And yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess, I guess. That could be something that I mean, even though, like Greg was saying, it's sort of at the beginning of the this decade. It could be something that could be affecting us, re- yeah, really into the next decade. Yeah. So I mean, gaming could definitely change change a lot um, based on based on that. So all right, let me uh, let me go over to Kelly. Kelly, give us give us another one that, uh, and I don't know if you'll be able to surprise me as much as Greg did with that JavaScript one, but yeah, <laughs> that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> That would be my wonderful day of a, an avi- a device being developed to play games on a more mobile way. Mm-hmm. It was the day Mr. Steve Jobs stood up at Apple and says, we're making an iPhone, <laughs> and look what it can do. And I was just like, ah, I want it. <laughs> and now I have one. And I am sporting now in this short amount of time over 325 apps. Oh, uh, and ha- <laughs> yeah, I know you can't carry them all on the same phone. How many of those apps would no. you say are games? Oh, ugh. probably close to over half. Oh wow! I say over half of them are games. <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing. And I mean, half of the press releases I get are for games that are out on the iPhone. I mean, it seem it seems like that is definitely the you know this. It's sort of like it's sort of like an adult's Game Boy. I mean, you know, it's it's a gaming system, and it's a and it's a pretty good one. Todd, you've started to review iPhone games, and you're pretty impressed with what the what the iPhone and the iPod Touch can do, right? If they can get the controls down right, there's times when I've had issues with that, and I know Kelly's mentioned because I have an earlier generation iPod, mm-hmm. but if they get it right, yeah, they work out great. Right, right. 
I mean, they took old arcade classics and emulated the use of the touchscreen and the uh, tilt sense run. Very cool. How often? How often? How often can you see that on the DS or the um, or the PSP? Yeah. I mean, yeah, touch touchscreen on the DS, yeah, but you can't use the tilt sensor on that unless you have, uh, add a special card to it. Yeah, and I- uh, what was real funny was my niece over Christmas. She's eight. She got a DSi for Christmas. She's like, oh, look at DSi and stuff. She started playing with it. She put it over to the side, picked up her iPod Touch, and was playing the games all Christmas Day <laughs> off of her Touch instead of her DSi. Um, that, that's pretty telling, given that it's not a not a dedicated gaming system. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. And there's another one I think that will be affecting us for the next ten years, uh, definitely. And it may even change the way. I mean, those handheld dedicated gaming systems might actually be in a little bit of trouble if um, if it keeps up, you know, with uh, with some of the non dedicated small systems having really great gaming. So definitely a good one and one to watch. So let me uh, let me go over to uh, Javon. I think it's your turn again. Why don't you let us know something else that you think's changed gaming over the past ten years? Um, let's see. Reaching back a little bit. It's a little bit farther than 10 years, actually a lot of bit farther than 10 years, but uh, the game still is influencing uh, other games today. I was thinking uh, Street Fighter. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. um, what I think was amazing about this game is that it's been influencing fighting games longer than just the last 10 years since mm-hmm. it hit the scene in the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, there's not a decent fighting game out there on the market that in, isn't influenced by the mold of this game. And uh, what I like the most um, about this game is that over a dozen years later, here it is, Reborn Again. And again, it raises um, the bar for fighting games. The revenge meter feature on it that allows you to get back in the fight when you're getting your tail kicked <laughs> and possibly mm-hmm. have a chance to turn the battle in your favor and then the super meter to put a fantastic finish on your opponent. Uh, I love how both of those features uh, work uh, well together and in my opinion, create a whole new fight experience. That's pretty cool. Now, Todd, would, would you agree with that? I know you review all the all the games, I mean, like Tekken and so forth. Do you think it all kind of goes back to the Street Fighter game? Well, considering the titles like Tekken have been, have been based on a 3D version of Street Fighter, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the release of Street Fighter 4 that came out this year um, came out to, a, to phenomenal ratings, uh, phenomenal sales. It proves that the genre is still alive and well. Yeah, and not to mention all the times I get on on Xbox Live and I'm getting messages about who wants to fight me on Tekken Six. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's best. Every night. That's pretty cool. And that you know the the sort of one on one karate fighting games, if you will. They um, it's not really a genre that you. Th- think of when you think of genres i mean like like kelly was saying you sort of shooters have kind of taken the lion's share but anytime one of those streeting street fighting type games come out and they're good and they're well done i mean they they sell like crazy mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely all right uh let's see i think shella uh, you you've been unusually quiet so i'm gonna give you another turn definitely <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, i'm stuck between a little one that's a sort of personal one for me, and mm. um, a more obvious one. All right, well, give us give uh, us the little personal one. We'll let you do too. Yeah, go personal. <laughs> 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 it's not that personal. Um, okay, um, Eco. Uh, remember that little that little game on the PS2. Eco was that um, with the dolphin? Eco with the dolphin. No, yeah. no, Eco. Oh, you might call it Ico. Oh, she's being it. she's oh, being British. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it gave it. Well, it it changed games in a lot of ways aesthetically. 
And most importantly, I think, to make games more enjoyable to play, it gave characters the sense of self-preservation. Remember back in the days when characters would just walk off the edge of cliffs? And you're like, I didn't do that. Why did you do that? (laughs) Now we've got to start again. I did not do that. Why would I walk you off the edge of a cliff? That happened in Assassin's Creed 2. I mean, (laughs) it still happens. (laughs) I mean, it was amazing because I mean, the whole game was based about pre- precipitous leaps and you know running over cogs and whatnot. But um, this this little kid would go to the edge and he'd kind of teeter on the edge and then turn and grab the the ledge and it was like, oh my god, this is amazing! It was like a revelation. And ever since, nobody walks. Even Lara has got self-preservation and that is saying something because that girl she was like she had a death wish i think it was just yeah. everybody loved that game lemmings and they just thought that all games should be like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so okay so so Ico saved your life and then what was the other one <laughs> Well, and also the aesthetics of Eco, I think that changed things a lot, which is why it was such a critical success, but such a, a quiet game in terms of sales. Mm. Um, you know, it had that sort of bleached effect, which you now get in loads of FPS games and um, in Assassin's Creed, you know, that really bleached sun effect. Um, and the first time I saw that was in Eco. But anyway, my other one was um, Wow. Oh, World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. last 10 years without WoW. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which increased the sale <laughs> That's of... all I need to say, really. No. Yeah, increased the sale of Pepsi and Coca-Cola and Hot Pockets and, you know... You know. <laughs> oh, just recently. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Did it? I was just going to say, if we did a show without mentioning WoW, thank you, Shella. Oh, my God, can you imagine the emails we get? I know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the floods of... Well, but yeah, as I sort of, I'm the real mogger, I suppose. Um, can't go without mentioning WoW, and um, I'm not a WoW player myself. It's not my my uh, kind of mog, because it's mog light as far as I'm concerned. Um, but no, yeah, we have lives. No, she's yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Just about, but yeah, it's um, changed changed the everything. For mogs, at least, change everything. Well, yeah, I mean, Je- Jevin yeah. brought up how we met actually playing uh, Ultima Online, which was the first, and and mm. so forth. But yeah. but it was kind of like that was sort of like the standard, and then and then when WoW came out, yeah. it was a totally different standard. Yeah. It was as if the original games didn't even exist anymore. That's yeah. It was. <laughs> well, like for the largest part, the they didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The leap from EverQuest to... Well, I suppose EverQuest 2 came out kind of the same time as well, Yes, didn't just it? about. Yeah. Um, but that was obviously, like, the hardcore questers, really, and WoW just opened up the floodgates for people that hadn't been able to play Mogs before. And, um, yeah, people are still trying to reach that. Uh, uh, that never bar. will. It, no. It's about twice as it has twice as much of the market share as all of the other games combined worldwide. I know it's just incredible. <laughs> It'll take an awesome computer virus to make that go away because it's oh, not going to go away. Don't even it's say. It's not going to go away on its own. So, uh, all right. Uh, yeah. The, the only question is, when does WoW Two come out? <laughs> I, I don't know. They don't have to. They can just keep coming out. With no, no, they don't. Yeah, yeah they, they just put in content updates. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, will there be a day? There must be a day, surely. I can't imagine a day when WoW isn't just, like, trouncing everybody mm-hmm. into next week. Well, <laughs> oh, you will have WoW fans everywhere going, you mean i got to start over? Is <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, like, grinding again? Yeah, that's... Yeah. When they'll be cursing. Well, Kelly, you were saying you you thought that the the Ion game might have a chance at at uh, challenging WoW, but I mean, has that really played out? Do you think, or at all, or are they doing okay? There are some people that we know personally that were playing WoW and they've kind of left the payment lapse on their WoW subscription and picked up the Ion one, and they're digging it really heavily. Yeah, I mean, it's some really simple too, as well. And I mean, that's an ancient game, so I think WoW does because it's kind of an entry level mog. So I think that's going, there's going to be a natural sort of um, emigration of people from WoW exploring other mogs. Um, but there's nothing I've seen that's come out or is coming out on the horizon that looks. Touch well, it. it's kind of like what Greg said about the JavaScript uh, opening opening the world up to to new players. WoW sort of does that for the MMO players. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like Greg and I, we play Lord of the Rings online all the time, and yeah. it was supposed to be you know friendly for new players. And you know, I set my wife down in front yeah. of it, and she was confused and and didn't really yeah. like it. And I'm like, well, I, I guess it wasn't yeah. really as friendly as they thought it was. Yeah. That's it. Well, I mean, I suppose the good thing that WoW has done is it's opened up the entire MMO market. I mean, it's huge now mm-hmm. um, because of WoW, because, yes. you know, people who didn't even know what an MMO was, uh, you know, and uh, now do know what it is. Um, so That's cool. Well, on, uh, on that note, I'm going to let Todd, who's our anti-MMO player, give give. <laughs> Give his next, uh, give his next choice, and then we'll get around to my uh, my final question. So, Todd, you you have the last word in the regular part of the show. <laughs> Y'all done talking about MMOs yeah. because I'm ready to fall asleep. Somebody wait, Todd. Actually, I'm not going to play on my new phone. That's just how much I care about MMOs. But no, while I'm, while I'm playing on my phone here, I just realized this is not really gaming related, but it's more of the entertainment conversions that has occurred with consoles. Mm-hmm. I mean, start we start with DVDs and the PlayStation mm-hmm. Two. We went on to uh, with the Xbox getting um, getting that addition such as Netflix, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Last FM, and now uh, as well as uh, watching Blu-ray movies on DVD. Game game systems are not just for games anymore. No, you're right. I just did. I just finished my review of the movie Nine, um, which came on Blu-ray, and I watched it on my PS3. And uh, so, um, yeah, definitely. The number nine. No, yes, right? not the not the musical or whatever the heck they're doing. There. Yeah. No, the. Oh, I want to see the that number one. nine with the little puppets from Little Big Planet apparently fighting demons and stuff. Yes. <laughs> was that any good? It was. It was. It was okay. You'll have you'll have to read my review, but it was um, it was special effect wise and stuff. It was pretty cool. The plot was kind of so so. But you know, what do you All expect right. out of an animated movie? I guess by Tim Burton. Um, Right. He's, he's going to blow it. He's going to blow us out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're at the uh, we're at the point where I ask you each a final question, and it's pretty obvious this final question. So we've been talking about a bunch of stuff. So I, I want to ask you all what you think the most important or most game changing um, thing that came out in the industry in the last ten years was, 
end. So, Shella, since it's your show, I'm going to put you on the spot first. Uh, what, what, do, what would you point your finger to and say that changed the industry more than anything else in the past 10 years? Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to say the entry of Microsoft into the games industry. Okay. Um, for a couple of reasons, and you might not agree with these reasons. They might have happened anyway. These things might have happened anyway. But um, it basically shook up the status quo. Nobody thought that it would work. They were like, how can you just like march in here? We've been making games consoles for years, and we're doing fine. Thank you very much. And um, it was successful. Um, and it opened the door for um, the console FPS um, arrived on the Xbox in the shape of Halo, and that changed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave us multiplayer, downloadable content, and I think the DLC has really changed things. Um, now you don't really get games without multiplayer content or um, DLC. Or the ability to patch or, them, too, if, if they come out with an error yeah, or something. yeah. Um, so I think Microsoft has changed Excellent. Uh, the games industry over the last 10 years. Well, I, th- I, think there are, significantly. I think there are millions of Xbox fans who would agree with you. <laughs> yeah. A couple yeah. of them are right here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the amazing well, I mean, thing is they did it playing fairly. Usually yeah. when they enter a market, they have to use all sorts of tactics to try to monopolize the market. They couldn't do that in the console market, and yeah. they came in on a level playing field, and they, they played fair, and they actually made They were mark. the good guys for once, weren't they? <laughs> yes. Sony were the bad guys. <laughs> uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if we want to say good-bad, but, uh, but I do no. agree with you. No. They did. I mean, these aren't our terms. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right, let me uh, let me go to uh, Javon. You get the you get the next uh, the next one. What what do you think was the most important thing in the last ten years? I'm gonna have to say uh, Wii Sports. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, th- this series of games. Th- what's I think is special about Wii Sports is this series of games has literally bridged the gap between gamers and quote non gamers, uh, people of all ages, and even those that have never picked up a stick in their life or uh, getting on board with this this new uh, concept. And I think it's helped break those old stereotypes about gaming being a bad influence or limited only to a certain age group. You know, people like that are now starting to get on board. And um, I think it's also opened the doors for, like, uh, the new Project Natal that's coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's going to be awesome. And I think that's, you know, directly influenced by the innovation of the week. I- so I think gamers... Uh, or if all new experience in the very near future in terms of motion technology for games. No, I think you're totally right, Javon. I think that was an excellent yeah. one. Um, my wife works at, uh, at a library, and there's a senior center there, and the seniors play Wii Sports Bowling all day. <laughs> and these yeah. are like 80-year-old people who probably never touched a console before, and they love it. Yeah. So pretty cool. And they can act, they're arthritis, actually, man. They, they can't pick up bowling balls, man, because arthritis is so bad. And they can throw it back, and that's, you know, it makes it easier for them. It's pretty cool. They're yeah. thinking of their safety. <laughs> I remember when I first um, brought the Wii, and I, I got it around Christmas time, and um, I was playing the bowling, and I couldn't get a strike on it. And I was, you know, frustrated because all my friends and family were coming over, and they were getting strikes. And uh, this one day, uh, my, my brother brought his little five-year-old daughter over, and she asked to play, and I decided to give it to her, give her the remote. And she rolled this slow ball down the lanes and hit a strike. <laughs> <laughs> had, to, had to send her out of the room. 
it was a week before I got a strike on people, and I was like, and thus the the gaming crown changed hands in your house. <laughs> oh, it was madness. All right, Greg. Greg, what about you? Last ten years. In uh, the same kind of theme, the reason the Wii be- was so popular, one of the reasons is is the unusualness of the game controller and the way it allowed you to do things you couldn't do before. Uh, Guitar Hero and the the similar lines of products that have come out since have done the same thing by giving you a controller that it, you know that even though it does the buttons you know are the same function as a regular controller they're positioned differently enough that it it becomes a different experience when 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 you uh when you play it yeah and anybody can get into that i've seen people that don't play games pick up the guitar and just have a heck of a good time yes i mean it's it's a perfect party game so and it's another way that that uh typical non-gamers have have joined the gaming community very cool and we're and we're glad to have them (laughs) all right kelly what about you Last ten years. Well, he just stole mine. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just like say it. It is a Guitar Hero, and then you know we got well it started out with Guitar Hero with harmonics and Red Octane instead of developing the musical instruments playing, especially the singing. I really enjoy it and the drums. But and then we got the split, and now we have both of them equally competing. And I'm sorry, I just got the Beatles in. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been geeking out. Like, I'm sure my husband's like, "Look, I five star every song on hard singing." Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I've been maxed out with the band hero myself. <laughs> oh, I like band hero. Yeah, I've been playing that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I, thought, I think the band hero is awesome. So, cool. All right. Well, then, uh, then we have uh, Todd. You you get the last word. Apparently, imagine that. <laughs> Which is difficult for me because you took all my. Uh, ideas. Oh no. <laughs> well, actually, I'll follow up on what. What uh, Greg said about about innovations and controls goes all the way back to the, to the touchscreen. Mm-hmm. Starting with the DS, right. awesome. Yeah, the DS and that that tap wave I used to play mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, you integrate from that all the way to the touchscreen that we get on modern cell phones, including the iPhone. Yeah, the touchscreen the touchscreen definitely changed gaming, especially on the smaller platforms, which yeah. we've all said is is very important these days. So, mm-hmm. cool. All right, well, I think we did a did a good job, guys. So give give yourself an a, a applause. I think it, there were some surprises there. You know, I never know what you guys are going to say, so <laughs> you always yeah. you always surprise me. But I think we covered most most everything. Um, like I say, if uh, anyone's listening, um, send us an email. Let us know if we missed anything. I'm sure we did, and uh, we'll do another show with. With, uh, with just your suggestions. So, but uh, happy new year to everybody, and hope that uh, this year is uh, gives us even more advancements in the game industry, and uh, we all have a good time and stay safe. So, thanks everybody for joining me in the lounge today, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank you.